0: So tonight, we actually come to the end of this series on the foundational teaching of Buddhist psychology, the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. I actually had to look it up. We started back in January, mid-January, and finally, this is the last piece of this, this examination of this really profoundly useful teaching. So the four noble truths, the first one in life there is dukkha. This word, the old Pali word dukkha, often translated as suffering, but really means more than that an element of unreliability or unsatisfactoriness and sometimes true suffering uh, that is present in life. Second noble truth is there's a reason for this. The most proximal cause is our clinging. When we cling onto our views or our way of seeing things or our desires, or our dislikes, we actually can cling on to the story of what we don't like very, very tightly. Mm. And that is, that manifests in a way that causes discomfort and downright pain in our lives. Third noble truth, there is a way out of this. And the fourth noble truth is the way, the eightfold path. So when we were looking at the Eightfold Path, even though it's actually a circle and all of the pieces interplay with each other throughout any step we take that we're engaging with the Eightfold Path, uh, we had to start somewhere. So we started with right view, how we see things, right intention, how we use what we see and orient ourselves in the direction of healing. And the third These are sometimes called the wisdom factors. Then we have the meditation factors, right, right or wise balance, mindfulness, concentration, and effort. There is a sort of effort we have to put into the practice if we want to find that freedom of effortlessness that's available to us. The final factors, the ethical factors, um, wise wise uh, sila which is actually the ethics um, uh, right livelihood or wise livelihood and tonight wise action so for me there are really two essential pieces to this whole path that are inextricably interwoven that is a path out of suffering for ourselves that supports a path out of suffering for the world. Right action is all of the pieces of the whole path coming together to inform taking a step in the direction of wholeness and healing for ourselves and for each other. It's really this beautiful reckoning with both the large actions and directions we take in our lives and the small tiny steps we are choosing throughout our day. And it means to align these steps or these actions with our deepest values, with what gives our lives a keen sense of meaning and purpose. To figure out how to take a step in a way that matters. To us. I like the way Lynn Twist expresses this. She says, "I believe that under all fears and upsets, even the deepest ones, everyone wants to love and to be loved and make a difference with their lives speaking in spiritual terms and not a specific religious sense, I believe people also want an experience of their own divinity, their own connectedness with all life and the mystery of something greater than we comprehend. What she's pointing to is that there is an intrinsic impulse towards wholeness that is wired in our systems. The whole of the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path is really about clearing the misguided reactivity in our system in a way that a natural balance that's useful to everything really begins to emerge. That deeper resourced wisdom and compassion they can meet any situation. When we are in balance with that impulse, then wise action takes care of itself. Howard Thurman says this: don't ask the world what it needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is more people to come alive. That's what this path is about. It's about learning how to clear through all the extraneous noise and be able to hear and know and enact what brings us to life. I think it's powerfully relevant that this quote comes from Howard Thurman, prominent civil rights uh, leader, And I have to say, having heard this quote many times, for me coming from a place of a lot of privilege, it can feel misguided even at times to give myself permission to follow those words. There's still this voice in my head that says, if I want to be worthy, I should be doing blank, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. You know, all of those things that meet the ideal of what I want myself to look like uh, instead of, of making, allowing myself to be in alignment with who I really am. And I have to say, following that voice that says I should be doing these other things, it really has never worked for me. Being a burnt-out family practice physician 20 years ago was only one of the failed attempts I could name at trying to do what I thought I should do instead of what makes me come alive. Really learning that to be my most effective At whatever level I'm capable of in this world, I have to follow what makes me come alive. And of course, what Thurman's pointing to is not that hedonistic aliveness of a trip to Carowinds or a wine tasting tour. It's about an essential aliveness that's totally different than the superficial world we crave and we want. It's really about learning how to take a leap of faith and trust in our basic goodness. And that bringing that forth in the world is what is most needed. Ethical conduct, mindful, heartful contemplation, all of the pieces of the Eightfold Path form the foundation for this kind of aliveness. So none of this is to say that every moment of our lives should be line, should line up on a grand scale with what's important in the world. Wise action is also about knowing when to turn inward for rest, renewal, contemplation, or even play. Time for joy, happiness, celebration. These are universal human needs when we practice with the factors on the eightfold path, factors such as wise view, intention, mindfulness, it, they are always revealing that if we don't take care of this living organism, that's us, then we simply burn out. So again, the, this points to the analogy the Buddha used of the lute string, you tune it too tight, the string breaks. You tune it too loose or leave it too loose, it makes no sound. You have to tune it just right to that place where it makes its most beautiful music. Also, looking at wise action is important to understand that wise action is not about fixing things. It's really about having the courage to act in a right alignment with wholeness, even when things might seem unfixable. This is the doorway to true compassion. Learning how to deeply reckon with acceptance of reality, dukkha, the presence of dukkha suffering in the world, in our lives. Without getting sidetracked by a belief that things in this moment should be different than they are. That's what opens up a radically empowering way to work compassionately with conditions in a way that matters, even with problems we won't fix. So just pause for a minute and consider you know, how often have you heard the thought go through your mind, but people shouldn't behave that way? or people should know better. You know, all of those essential fights with reality, it's a worthless battle. If people knew better, they would be doing better. If people understood another way to behave that gave them the possibility of the happiness that we're all looking for at some level or another, they would be doing it. So the problem is not about things should be a different way than there are. The real issue is, can I compassionately, fully engage with things as they are? Ram Dass says it this way, compassion and action is paradoxical and mysterious. It is absolute yet continually changing. It accepts that everything is happening exactly as it should, and it works with a full-hearted commitment to change. Finally, this is a path of endless learning. If we just stay open to listening to what we learn with each step, then this step, whether we do it well or not, it helps inform the next step. meditation teacher, Joan Sutherland, uh, speaks to that. We meet whatever happens, come into relationship with it, and take another step. We do this without certainty that we are right. Indeed, knowing that whatever we choose will in some way be a mistake. But we're willing to take a step anyway to notice what happens so that what we notice becomes part of the next step. So I want to end with perhaps what is one of the most powerful statements of wise action that I know. This comes from Mother Teresa, and it's a a statement that has really stayed with me since I had the experience of being with her and her sisters all those years ago. It's been very, very informing and useful to me many, many, many times in my life. Doesn't matter that you do great things, rather, small things with great love. What might happen if we're able to put this truly into action? So let's pause for a moment. What do you know about what brings you to life? What makes you come alive? What's relevant to keep at the forefront of your awareness? about that for you. If you're not sure, or not sure just even how to strengthen and deepen in that direction, here we have the teachings of the whole Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path to send us in this direction, of healing and wholeness for ourselves and each other. Thank you.